0: This is the Stories from 1916 podcast. Using first-hand accounts and archive material, we tell the less well-known stories of ordinary men and women who did extraordinary things during Ireland's revolutionary period. Tom Walsh and his brother James grew up in their parents' greengrocers in James's Street, in Dublin's south inner city. They both joined the volunteers in 1913 and would go on to fight in one of the most notable battles of the Easter Rising. The record they left of this part of their lives to the Bureau of Military History is unusual in a number of ways. Due to the fact that they served and fought together in the same company and the same battle, theirs is a joint statement, signed by both men, though written by Tom. However, rather than being a dry representation of the facts for the purpose of a military archive, it is presented in the form of a letter to Tom's children, explaining in clear and sometimes humorous manner what their father and uncle had experienced during the Rising. I asked Fiona, a granddaughter of Tom, to come in and read from the statement.
1: My father and mother, having a green grocery at 4 East James Street, possessed a pony and van and a donkey and cart, hence the company's transport. The pony's name was Mac, called after its previous owner. The donkey was known as Kaiser, after the Kaiser of Germany. On all route marches, the transport accompanied the boys, carrying their equipment, etc.,
0: Early on, the Walshes were on a route march in Pine Forest at the foot of the Wicklow Mountains. They brought Kaiser the donkey. Following a mock battle, they were preparing dinner.
1: Thinking the Kaiser deserved a little freedom for a while, I unyoked him and led him upstream to give him a drink. Lo and behold, what a silly duffer I had been. I was grabbed by the shoulder and asked what I meant by giving the Kaiser a drink out of the stream. I asked the questioner, did he expect me to give it to him out of a cup or a glass? He said something in return but it ended up by me being drumhead court-martialed by Commandant Eamon de Valera. The charge against me was for allowing the Kaiser to drink from the stream that the troops were to drink from. Commandant de Valera told me I should have known better and not to let it happen again. I told Kaiser the trouble he had got me into and he let the most awful hee-haw hee-haw I ever heard from any donkey. On looking back, I saw De Valera and his staff looking after us. Judging by frowns on their faces, I thought we would be court-martialed again and so sentenced to be shot. After this, I led Kaiser up to some sweet grass on the side of the road. I took off all his harness, with the exception of the bridle and reins with which I tied him to a bush. Now, Kaiser was a very cute fellow and must have known what was the cause of all the talk. He stood still for a few moments, looking down at headquarters staff and then he gave a few most awful hee-haws and turning around let fly his hind hoofs several times he then stood up on them pulling off the bridle and reins and away with him over the brow of the hill my god I muttered what is to be done now I went down to where B Company officers were and told them about the Kaiser. Scouts were sent out and he was located a couple of fields away the company then went into action, surrounded him. However, he got away again, He hawing to his heart's content. Now you can coax an Irishman, but do not try to force him, and so it was with the donkey. We raided the field kitchen and collected what carrots did not go into the stew, and advanced on him again. But no, Kaiser was Irish by birth and German by title, and away with him again. We gave up the ghost then.
0: Having given up hope of recapturing the donkey, they turned for home, only to find Kaiser waiting for them down the road. By the time Easter 1916 came around, the Brothers Walsh were well established in B Company 5th Battalion. They were at their Tuesday night parade in 144 Pierce Street when they got the first hint of the action that was to come.
1: We were issued with two Hoth guns and rations. On Wednesday night we were all in 144, an unusual night to be there, but there was something in the air that had us all poised for that something, that drawing to one another, the comradeship that knits pals together in face of coming storms and danger. Holy Thursday night came and we were all there again. We were all rather serious now, some with deep concern showing on their faces, but all anxious for news, whatever it might be. However, the monotony was broken by our captain ordering us to leave in twos and proceed to Columkill Hall in Blackhall Street where we would get parcels of shotgun cartridges which we were to take and proceed back to 144 in pairs. We all carried small arms but fortunately nothing happened for us to use
0: them. Easter Saturday saw Kaiser back in action.
1: I arrived in Exchange Street where there were several carts in front of me and certainly transport from other companies When my turn came, I loaded up three boxes labelled window-blind rollers and the usual markings, with care and do not drop, and made in USA. After decorating the boxes with the cabbage and celery, I set off and passing the lower end of the street, I discovered the local DMP constable just inside a hallway and he drinking a hot whiskey with a slice of lemon in it. Poor simple man, what a chance to become a sergeant or even an inspector or more certain, a speedy exit from this world if he had only been more attentive to his duty. That evening, B Company, with captain and staff, came to the stable and opened up the boxes and we unpacked two, not window rollers, but single-barrel shotguns, all in good order and condition, and these were conveyed to 144's arsenal that night by Kaiser.
0: Then came Easter Monday and they got the order to mobilise.
1: My brother Leo, who was a very young boy, insisted on coming with us. All the boys seemed in a state of excitement. The manoeuvres were to come off at last. We were sent around to the rear and were loaded up with the parcel from Columkill Hall. The shotguns, ammunition, first aid supplies, etc. and were told to go off to Boland's Bakery on Grand Canal Quay with them. The tension was over. That waiting and watching were now at an end. The birth had taken place. Yes, an Irish Republic had been proclaimed outside our headquarters, the GPO, by Patrick Pierce. What hopes, what joy to be living and bearing arms as a soldier of the Irish Republic.
0: They were posted to Bolands Mill under Avon de Valera. The Walshes sent their younger brother home and set about fortifying the building and knocking through internal walls.
1: We were posted at a wired storeroom to guard a cadet in Khaki who had been taken prisoner from the last train to arrive in Westland Row. Some volunteers were passing by from duty on the railway and they gave us cigarettes and sweets which we shared with our prisoner. He was very nervous and could not understand his position. However, he enjoyed the sweets and cigarettes. We were on guard over this man some time when we were told that Father McMahon from Westland Row was hearing confessions. We were relieved from our post and found Father McMahon, who had made a confessional in a four-wheeled bread van. We set our pennants in a nook in a huge stack of flour bags.
0: The following morning, the Walshes and ten others were sent to Westland Row train station, where they were to be detailed on a mission.
1: We were given extra ammunition for our Hoth guns. We had now about 200 rounds each. I had a forty-five revolver and between 50 and 60 rounds for it. Jim had a 32 revolver and about 50 rounds for that. We were also given a small box containing bread, margarine, tea, sugar, etc. And we were told we were going to Clan William House to defend Mount Street Bridge.
0: Clan William House would see one of the bloodiest battles of the week, the Battle of Mount Street Bridge, with the Walsh's right in the middle of it. We cover that event in the next episode. For more on the Battle of Mount Street Bridge, go to wwwstoriesfrom 1916 Dot com. Many thanks to Fiona Kavanaugh for her help in telling Tom and Jim Walsh's story. I'm Owen Cody. Thanks for listening.